Welcome to Agent of Wealth Podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps small business owners and retirees overcome the multiple wealth planning challenges involved in your financial life. We do this by creating comprehensive wealth management plans to guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and help create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth planning issues involved in your financial life. Hello and welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boutus of Boutus Financial. Today we're going to be talking about 2018 Last Chance Financial Planning. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How are you? I'm good. Doing real well. So where did this concept or idea of last chance financial planning come from? Come from? It sounds a little ominous. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I guess you can look at financial planning and say it's something that you can do or should be done throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But there are some activities that have uh, the end of year deadlines associated with them. So we're going into the, the fourth quarter and it's a, it's a great time to take a look and see if there's anything that, that someone needs to do by the end of the year. Everyone's familiar with their taxes having to be done in April, mm-hmm. but there are some things that have to be done by December 31st. Okay. L- like what? Well, so every year what I do is I send out a, a two-page checklist to, uh, to the clients I work with. And right. it really covers eight areas of financial planning, including taxes, retirement, investments, insurance, health, milestones, uh, any changes that they may have gone through the year, and anything going on with their with their family. So within each of those categories, there are different things that uh, make sense to take a look at. And not that all items are going to be applicable to everyone, but you really just want to take a couple minutes to go through it and, and see what's applicable to you. Yeah, and just be aware of it. It sounds like a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, it's the, well, it, I mean, that's the whole world of finances and, and <laughs> financial planning. So, yeah, it, it's really kind of whittling through all that information and really finding out what are really trying to determine what is really something that they someone needs to worry about, someone needs to think about, or someone needs to make a decision about, and then what can kind of be uh, ignored for now. Okay, so w- with all this information, are we going to be able to fit it all in in this podcast today? So like you said, there is a lot to, to cover. So we are we are going to break it up uh, oh, okay. in, in a couple of podcasts. Today, we'll, we'll look at the areas of health, investments, and retirement. Okay. So three out of the eight we're covering today. That's correct. Yes. All right. Where do we start? Let's uh, let's start with health. It's okay. uh, everyone's favorite favorite topic it's to, my to favorite. talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, one of the things that, that everyone should do is really look at your health insurance plan. And you may be covered through your employer or you may be covered on one of the, the state exchanges. But it's, you know, health insure, insurers change their, their plan and change the coverage that they offer in the plan. And obviously with that comes change in, in premium prices. Mm-hmm. So you're able to, to, to look at your plan once a year. You're able to make changes once a year. If you're covered through your employer, the open enrollment period is usually between um, – it's usually actually covered – basically a little bit before when your your policy renews. So if your policy was taken out in February, sometime in January, it, you want to look at it. And then obviously if it's taken out more towards the end of the year, then you would it would be something of a year-end activity. But if you're on one of the state exchanges, the open enrollment period is from November 1st to December 15th. Okay, so and, if we, sorry, real quick. If we have it through our work, how do we find out the date? 
So you should you should be be notified of your your company is going through an open enrollment period. Oh, okay. The insurance company that you work with and, and some are really good with notifying you. Some I've seen some great tutorials that they offer, which really explain the coverage that that they offer, the changes, the types of plans. And then some are not so good. And that's where you really have to dig in and, and kind of look at this is, you know, obviously no one knows what what their healthcare needs will be mm-hmm. going forward. You may have some idea, but things change. So you kind of have to look at it and say, okay, I, I don't need this or I may need this type of coverage. And then, you know, the, the insurer will offer different levels of coverage and different types of coverage. So you really want to go through each of those and determine which one makes sense for the premium that you have to pay for it. Gotcha. So, you know, in the in the last episode, we, we talked about uh, healthcare expenses being one of the biggest mm-hmm. risks into your retirement. Yep. And that's mainly because you don't know, we, you know, we don't know in the future, healthcare premiums have gone up, the coverage has gone down, and it's an unknown. You don't know exactly what it's going to cost. So one of the ways to, to really combat that is by utilizing a, a health savings account, or more commonly, they're known as HSAs. Mm-hmm. And that can be great for funding those healthcare expenses in retirement. It's not re- really, I mean, you can, it's something that you can start, or, you know, in retirement or right before retirement. But this is, it's really a great tool. That, like, like almost everything, the earlier you start utilizing these, the earlier you start adding money to them, they're, they're a great uh, tool to use for, for healthcare expenses. So what it is, it's a, it's a tax advantage account that can be opened by anyone who's enrolled in a high deductible healthcare plan. So the the benefits of doing this, the benefits of adding money to an HSA is that when you take out when you take money from it, it's you can take it out tax free as long as it goes to a qualified medical expense. Mm-hmm. That you're able to deduct the contributions that you make to your HSA. So that's you know everyone's familiar with making a contribution to a 401k or a, an IRA and getting that tax deduction. The same tax deduction on an HSA as well. Okay. And you also get similar to IRAs, 401ks, you get that tax deferred growth. So, you know, if you don't use a portion of your HSA, uh, it's going to grow year by year. It's going to compound and it, it, you know, it can grow to a substantial amount of money depending upon how early you start and how much you add, add to it. And, you know, there's really no vehicle out there where you can get that triple tax benefit. Even a Roth IRA, which is one of my favorite types of, of savings accounts, you get the double tax benefit, but with an HSA, you actually get that triple tax benefit where you get the also get the deduction up front as well. Oh, that's fantastic. Dave, and it's, it's, not, it's not something that's new. So it's, it's not well known. It's not well utilized, but they've been around for a decade. They get confused a lot with flexible spending accounts. So they're, they're the FSAs. Yep. And the but the other the, another benefit of the HSA is you, you it's not a spend it or lose it. So the FSA for the most part you have you know you're able to put money away, but you have to spend that money by the end of the year. With an HSA, it just it, it's an account in your name that just keeps rolling forward and keeps can keep growing until you really you know you really need to utilize it. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and you know the funds can pay uh, health insurance deductibles, premiums. Uh, basically, any qualified medical expense, including long-term care. So, you you really there's really a wide array of things that that it can be used for, and you know even if you don't, you know some people will have this high deductible healthcare plan, have an HSA, and still pay their their medical expenses with just money outside the HSA. And the whole purpose of that is because you get you're getting that big tax advantage for keeping the money in the HSA. So they let it grow, they let it ride over time. 
And you know, we, we, we talked about last episode where the study done where it's it, it'll cost over two hundred thousand for a couple for out of pocket healthcare expenses. It's very uh, very easily you can get to that to that amount with an HSA over time. So you can almost Repay your your retirement healthcare expenses using using that HSA. So, is there a cap on the, on an HSA? So there there is a cap that you can contribute to the HSA per year, and it depends on if you're if you're uh, if you're contributing to it singly or if you you are married to it. So I think it's six thousand a year is what you're able to contribute. And like I said, it doesn't sound like a lot, but you know that comp the the beauty of the compounding is that money grows each year that mm-hmm. you don't use it. Yeah, no, that, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's really it's one of my favorite tools and uh, out of everything to to do to use. All right, so what's next? All right, so you know we mentioned the the FSAs, the flexible spending accounts. Mm-hmm. One of the things you want to look at is see whether it, whether you need to whether you need to spend money essentially by the end of the year. So the way a flexible spending account works is in the you know, beginning of the year you set aside a certain amount of money into this separate account. The benefit is that it's pre-tax money, so it's money that's going in there that you don't have to pay tax on, and you have to use it for for various medical expenses, and it can be over the counter, you know, either services, uh, services, you know, any kind of really uh, over the counter product that you need, or a lot of things that are prescribed by a doctor. It can be it can be used for. Okay. So it's a great it's a great way to save money in a in another tax advantaged account. The only difference with an FSA versus the HSA is that for the most part you have to spend that money by December thirty first or you lose it. There are some plans where you're allowed to carry over a certain amount, but for the most part it's got to be spent by December thirty first. So you want to look at what your balance is and I've see, heard of people that stock up on ace bandages because they need to spend a lot of money by the end of the year. So (laughs) uh, there's a lot that you can spend it on, but you really have to look and see if you still have a balance. Well, that makes sense. I mean, if somebody takes a regular prescription um, that they know they're going to be taking all year, you can add that and do the math and find out, okay, I'm going to need this much. Then on average, I spend this much on, you know, cold remedies or, or whatever. And then you can spend that account down. And like you said, at the end, if you've got a little extra you, you know, you can find things that qualify and I'm, I'm assuming there's somewhere on, you know, we can Google it or, or there's gotta be a list somewhere of things that qualify for that kind of spending. And then you just spend it down so you don't lose any money. Exactly. And this, it, you know, at the end of the year, you're, you're going to do both a look back and, you know, trying to spend that December 31st deadline, mm-hmm. but also you want to look forward to and look at what did I spend? You know, what did I use this money for the year? So that way you can set aside the proper amount of yep. money, going forward for the next year so that, uh, you know, you're not either adding too little or too much to that flexible spending account. All right. What's next? All right. So now on to Medicare. Mm. So choosing a Medicare plan, unfortunately, it's no longer a one-time decision. Uh, Every year, the insurance companies, they can make changes to Medicare plans that will affect things like out-of-pocket costs for monthly premiums, deductibles, drug costs. They can change which drugs are covered by your plan or not covered by your plan or whether they go into a different tier and therefore you have to pay more for them. So it's definitely a good idea to, if you're on Medicare, to review your current Medicare plan each year and just make sure it still meets your, your needs. Hmm. So the, the good news is that the Medicare open enrollment period begins every year, October 15th, and it runs through December 7th. And what that is, is you can make changes that take place in January 1st. And 
you know, during open enrollment, you can move from original Medicare to Medicare Advantage. You can switch from one Medicare Advantage plan to another. You can choose different insurance carriers. You can choose a different Medicare prescription drug plan. Drug plan. So you really can really change, radically change your coverage from one plan to the to the other. You're kind of it's really limitless in what what you can do. But the statistics say that very few people actually change plans each year, right? Because it's very convenient, it's very easy just to say, you know, I'm I'm happy with my my current plan. But you know, if you go through the details, if you if you uh, engage me, we can look at your plan together and really look and see does it make sense to change uh, to change plans. And it's not just looking about whether one plan's cheaper or has a cheaper premium. You really want to look at all the out-of-pocket costs, whether the, your deductible may go up or there may be more of a coinsurance where you're you're sharing the the expenses between you and the insurance company. And like I said, the prescriptions are one that it's an area that changes frequently. So you really want to look at what prescriptions you're currently taking and whether they're still covered or if the insurance company is going to come back and say uh, you have a more expensive expensive option that you need to start uh, start paying for, I can't imagine being in that position. I'm, I'm not there yet, but I can't imagine that those are easy plans to to wade through on your own. And I think that's probably a driving force where people are like, eh, "I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy with exactly my plan." It. It's just because, easy to not yeah. not really go through the reams oh. of paperwork to figure out or to to even find where you need to look to to compare the yeah. plans it's just it's one area where there's just there's the information's not readily accessible so you really have to kind of know where to look and then know how to look to to make that decision or know who to call and that'd be it, exactly <laughs> I, I don't i can't take that kind of time to go through all that i want a professional to help me and just say okay here's here's your best option this is what you've got here's some options you could have what do you want to do that, exactly. That'd be great. Yep. All right. All right. So we're going to switch over to to investments. Okay. And um, you know, a lot of people think that the financial advisors solely focus on just managing investments, and really, to to have a solid financial plan, investments are obviously a big part of it because they drive hitting your goals and and making sure you you get to where you want to go. But it's not the only thing. Mm-hmm. But that being said, there are some things you want to look at. You know, and there are some things for the end of the year. But obviously, investments are someone that you want to be attuned to throughout the year as well. So one of the first things you want to do is you want to look at what what your where your where your investments are. What how how are your how is your money allocated among the different asset classes? So let's say that. You know, we you, we work together and we determine that you should have 60% of your portfolio in stocks and 40% in bonds. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen over the year, over some period of time, uh, the investments will change values and your allocation to each of the stocks and to the bonds will change as well. So let's say there's a big bull market and stock prices go up. You may at the end of the year or at some end of the period, you may be at 80% stocks and 20% bonds. And depending upon what you're trying to do, how old you are, it may be too risky of a portfolio. So one of the exercises that it makes sense to look at is called rebalancing, which is basically just shifting your allocation back to that original strategy. And you do that by selling some of the investments that have gone up and buying some of the investments that have gone down. Mm-hmm. So it's really and that's really the way that if you look at like Warren Buffett, that's his strategy. He when things go down, he buys. But it's the opposite of what most investors do, mm-hmm. right? Because it's it, you know we're wired to when things go up, we get comfortable. We think oh things are great, and we want to add more to it. We want to either purchase more or add more money. And then when things go down, it's just natural to say things are bad. Let's sell. 
yeah. uh, rebalancing forces you to to really do what's right, and that's you know buy when things are down and and sell when when things are there are up. So it's really a discipline or a systematic approach to to really do the right thing with your with your investments. Yeah, definitely. The other thing that that investors should look at are if you if you have stock options through your employer, and you really want to look at okay what's what happened throughout you know the the year. Uh, does it make sense to sell any of your stock options or or restricted stock that you may have? And there's really a couple of things that that go into whether making that decision. You want to look at uh, are you vested in your in your options or restricted stock? Do you need the money? Has your has your your investment in your stock options just taken over a big chunk of your portfolio? I've seen portfolios where company stock or company stock options takes upwards in 75, 80 percent of someone's portfolio and just the risk is is kind of high if you mm. if you have that concentrated of a, of a position. So you want to look at at your employee stock options and really look and just make sure you're doing the right thing with them. Got it. Yeah, cuz a lot of people just start it and they just don't look back. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's definitely another thing that you want to look at. The other thing that that not many people look at but should be looked at regularly is any loans or liabilities that you have including mortgages, credit card debt, uh, student loans, you really, and especially now that that uh, interest rates have gone up, and some of the tax law changes make some of that interest not deductible anymore. You really want to look at: Does it make sense to keep this type of loan versus another? Does it make sense to pay off one of the one of the loans? I always get the question a lot: Whether someone should pay off their student loans or put money or keep money in some other vehicle. And it's really a case-by-case basis, but you want to look, one, is that interest that they're paying on the student loans deductible? Is the interest variable or fixed? If they pay it off, what where's the money coming from and do they need that money for, for something else? But mm-hmm. again, this is just another area where you really want to look at and determine if you need to, to make any changes on. All right, Mark. I know we said we're going to hit three today, and from my memory, if memory serves, the next section is retirement, and we're running low on time. Are we going to be able to get retirement in today? So I think we're going to have to push retirement to the next one because retirement out of the three is probably the the biggest one. We really, what we're going to do is we're going to look at the different types of retirement plans and contributions to that to those plans. Okay. We'll look at Roth conversions, which are extremely important with the uh, with the tax changes that have gone into place. Okay. And then we'll also look at uh, required minimum distributions and really the specifics about those. So I would love to cover it today, but I think what we'll do is we'll cover that in the next episode. Okay, something to look forward to for sure. So do you have any last words or, or parting advice for us? Yeah. So, you know, we, we, we talked about the, the checklist I send out. We'll include a link to the checklist in the show notes. You can oh, also fantastic. download it from my website, aboutisfinancial.com slash checklist. And, you know, I, I make that offer to, to everyone. If you'd like to go through the items on the checklist together and see how they impact your specific situation, feel free to book an appointment with me by going to, to my website. You're, there's a link where you can do that. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll look forward to the, to the next episode, which will cover retirement, taxes, insurance, and different milestones that, that people go through. Fantastic. I know you have a, a way to make appointments, like you said, through your website. But for those that are uh, less than computer savvy but love their phone, can you give them the phone number to call? <laughs> of, of course, sure. It's 862-205-5800. Fantastic. All right. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast today with Mark Boutis. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Mark comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with friends and family. Again, thank you for listening. For everyone at Boutis Financial, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day 
every day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment and financial planning.